All right, friends and listeners, today's episode is another voicemails episode and a very special one because friend of the podcast, Ajay Mehta, one of my best friends, a founder since he was 19 and dropped out of NYU, one of the youngest Y Combinator founders in history, has seen a whole lot in his career and he helps answer the questions with me. So if you have questions, you can call the hotline number which is 424-272-6640, and it's in the show notes. You can call that number and drop in a question of your own. So without further delay, let's get into it. This is Below the Line. Dude, welcome. Welcome to the Thank uh, you. The hot mic. You were the first episode that I ever recorded as a practice episode. Right. I remember it. I Two remember years it. ago. In San Francisco. That's right. Yep. Now we're we're back, and now it's for real this time. This is for real. Okay. First episode, thought it might get posted, didn't make the cut. <laughs> I, I, was, I was vague on that. I, I mean, I, I told you, hey, this Just is really kidding. for practice. You can't but... debut your podcast with me. No, well, I listen, you saved the best for last, and that's what I did. <laughs> this is the last episode. This, this might be the last episode, <laughs> depending on how it goes. Depending on how this goes, yeah, we'll see. And see how bad we can make it. And for listeners, I've got uh, one of my best friends, Ajay Mehta here. We are doing a mailbag, literally just going through voicemails that haven't been answered yet. Uh, and founder, creator questions, just build our questions across a bunch of different uh, topics. I saw one or two of them before this, so I'm excited to do this with you. Ajay's been a founder for over a decade building your own startups. You're one of the youngest founders in Y Combinator. Uh, we were in the same batch. Uh, building companies together and I'll give listeners the brief cool history because I know the, the above the line version I'll let you get into the below the line version if you want we're in questions we are going to do questions <laughs> but I just want listeners okay, to know um, as we get into these voicemails Ajay uh, knows what he's talking about and real quick about 10 years of building your own startup since you were 19 dropping out of college to do it um, selling one previous company us working together for two years. Oh yeah, and I literally hired. I loved you so much. I hired you for an unnamed role. I think it I called special projects. Yes, whatever that meant. Yep. And then, um, then you helped build out the international side of of uh, wealth simple. Wealth simple, and then I almost said bank simple. <laughs> um, and then you started your own company. Ten figures of revenue. Later, you're just building and building, uh, and you live here. In Not LA. quite at ten figures, but you know we're, we're on the way. You're at <laughs> oh yeah eight <laughs> yeah eight figures. ten figures is a lot. Eight figures, yeah, is eight, it? yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Beyond, well, yeah, well beyond that, dude. That's that's so much revenue past past seven figures. I'm just yeah, I've never been there. Could be any figures. So it's yeah. a uh, eleven so that, figure. Yeah, one day. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe not 10 figures. Not quite at uh, GM numbers, but <laughs> on your way um, with a uh, an amazing business that you're building now. But um, did I miss anything in there for just a layer Ooh. of credibility before we jump into these questions? Um, I think I you captured most of the good stuff. Um, you know, there's some things I don't talk about an internship at in consulting not worth not worth discussing here but you were one of the first interns at zillow that is true i and that is a great company 
Um, when you were like four years old, I, I worked for a former guest of yours, Spencer Raskoff, um, at Zillow. Uh, how old were you? I was 17, 18. I, I interned there two summers in high, like end of high school, early college. How did you choose that company and get that and even want? I'm from interview? Seattle and the company's based there. And Spencer, who was the CEO, he came and spoke at my high school, like my public high school in the suburbs. And uh, was speaking about like entrepreneurship, and whatever. And I like accosted him afterwards. And I was like, please hire me as an intern right there. Like in basically per- there. And then I, well, I got his email and then followed up and I went into interview. Honestly, I still think back. This is like years and years ago. I still think back and I'm so embarrassed because I showed up to this interview in a what was the only suit that I had at the time, which was my <laughs> jazz band suit. So it was like black and white, like funeral suit. And I was showing up to a Seattle tech startup. Literally, like people are walking around the office in flip flops. I was like 17 and I was in a full suit. It was horrifying. And I interviewed with like the CMO and like the COO. I don't, I don't, I don't know why they had them meet me that day, but um, it was only like a, you know, 70 person company or something. Um, so yeah, just horrifying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, uh, that's, I think that almost captures you in a nutshell. You're on trends early. <laughs> you pursue them. I'm not joking. You're on trends early. You pursue them. Uh, nothing's half-assed, full-ass. Mm-hmm. Full-ass. You end up being right. Full-ass, full suit. Yeah, full suit. And you end up being right uh, in a lot of a lot of the, the things that you've pursued. Okay, so um, before we jump in, do you mind, uh, because you've been a founder for so long, Please. do you mind sharing... A story that you that you never really share on the below the line. We've just covered the above the line badass version. Is there something that that has been an impactful story for you and shaped how you create who you've become as a person? Wow. That doesn't really you know fit into that that quick yeah, cocktail question. narrative. Yeah, I guess like I mean, and I think a lot of I mean. I'll just kind of pull this one out of nowhere. Uh, I feel like, and I've been talking about this with a lot of people, especially with the whole web three NFT thing that's going on. I I feel like an underrated aspect of like people that end up becoming founders or entrepreneurs is like spending an inordinate amount of time when you're like 10 or 11, it depends kind of your age um, on like sketchy internet forums, which is something that I like, I, I, I weirdly blacked all this out of my memory because you're like, you know, you're going through this when you're 9, 10, 11, 12, and then you just forget about it because you're like, okay, it's middle school, it's high school, it's time to like become cool and like play sports and whatever. Get into college, get good grades. Yeah, you're get told good that's grades. not important. And honestly, right. you're kind of told that's in the way of the importance. Exactly. Stuff. But I'm, re- I'm like now remembering, it's like coming back from like my deep subconscious, how much time I used to spend like writing reviews of like niche obscure video games on like strange internet forums and talking to strangers and chat rooms and like that that was like a huge part of my like 10 or 11 year old existence and how i met people i was actually real i was the other day i was thinking should i just try to like find some of these people that i used to spend hours and hours and hours talking to literally every day um I wonder what they're doing now. I was like for a while i was like facebook friends with some of them i, I what like what would have one of the conversations have been I mean, it was just weird because you would, you would connect over something like some Japanese RPG you were playing or something, and then you'd be role writing playing reviews, game. role playing game, and then you would end up like just, t- I mean, they became like your, fr- your friends. It was like, you would just talk about everything. And this guy was in Atlanta and I was in Seattle, but it was just like, literally like 
school work like these people were old i was like 11 and some of them were like 17 so they had like a different approach they, they had like different different view on life than i did so i was like learn they were almost like my mentors in some weird way and thinking back to like you know it was all it was all across the board it was stuff that definitely would be embarrassing if i ever saw these conversations today but like kind of like formed a part of who i am so i guess that's a that's a thing i don't often talk about the uh were you on forums? Were you? Well, uh, well, well real quick, what is yeah. it? What's a Japanese role playing game that you would spend hours? I mean, the with? classic is like Final Fantasy, those okay. those games, yeah. right? But so many. I mean, we could dive very deep. Dude, there I'm, ones, I'm yeah. not. I was never a big gamer. gamer. It's because I had three older brothers that were so good at video yeah. games. When I'm seven, nine, twelve, and they're like sixteen, so yeah. I just it really destroyed the interest. Uh, but makes sense. The yes, I was on. Uh, forums but i actually I, and it was really a lot of like when i was 10 11 because you're a few years younger it was more like aol mm. and uh aol uh chat rooms at you know 10 years old 1996 um and they they weren't that interesting it was really? yeah the big ones were super kind of generic um there were there were the niche ones but i will say i these days my favorite social media is Reddit because I can subscribe to my specific niche topics that I that it's very hard to discover right, content right, right, around right, right. it anywhere else. But you know, like Forever music. Alone, Incel World. That's right. Yeah, Incels Unite. Uh, <laughs> Rate the, my look. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you never seen that one? No, what's I, that's not what it's called. It's called something else. But it's like it's like guys on there that post pictures of themselves in different outfits and then get a, get a rating on their look. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. So I need to, I yeah, need yeah, to yeah. subscribe. You're not on that. No, not on that. But, uh, uh, married incels unite is a mm, big one. Married incels. And, uh-huh. That is a niche yeah. group of, of folks, <laughs> but it's one that, um, needs communal, communal right. support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I've, that is my favorite because yeah. it, it is, I do love going deep on topics mm-hmm. rather than just cruising, you know, whatever Google news or CNN. And it's just yeah, high level. You want to see what just the weird guy in his basement is saying about something. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> That's the uh, best take always. It, and there's uh do, do you not use Reddit? I stopped. I mean, I was huge on Reddit like, you know, years ago, but I don't look at it anymore because I mean, I probably should. There's a lot of good info on there. What's if you're your just trying to get, if you're choice. just trying to like, you know, I have my 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 Volvo door is broken. My 1988 Volvo door is broken. Like, find the one person who can give you a tip on how to fix that. Reddit is the only place you can go. But um, you know, uh, I don't I don't really consult it for like normal things. I guess. Really? Yeah, dude, they've got an amazing NFT community. Yeah, have, I'm sure it does. Uh, I'm sure it does. Really great yeah. Ethereum community. Yeah. Uh, for like electronic music stuff. Yeah, dude, it's. And for my favorite sports teams. Yeah. Because then it's... That makes sense. It is just so kind of curated to a weird medley of things. But it also... Here's the biggest point for Reddit is is that the... In the back of my head, I'm like thinking we need to get to these voicemails. Yeah. But I'm enjoying this uh, conversation. The, the emotional hangover of like Instagram mm-hmm. is... It's just, I don't, I know, mm. I don't, 50% of the time I feel worse after browsing 
Instagram. I would say that makes sense. Yeah. Probably a hundred percent of the time I feel 6% better yeah. after scrolling through. Reddit. Really? Yeah. Reddit's like life affirming for you. That's amazing. Well, yeah. Cause it's, I mean, comparison is a thief of joy and Instagram yeah. is comparison yes. on digital steroids. Yeah. I guess Reddit, what, you're just like, I feel pretty good about myself after reading what all these guys have to say. Yeah. After something. reading about these married incels. Uh, I feel great. I just scrolled through Forever Alone for five minutes, and I feel great about myself. What is Forever Alone? It's just literally just people talking about how they're going to be forever alone and are. Yeah. And it's like them, like, I tried to talk to someone at the store, and they didn't respond. People fucking suck. Yeah, like, literally. I mean, it's like it's almost like a level beyond incel. Incel is like, okay, you, you're, not, you're not getting laid. That, that's unfortunate. But Forever Alone is like, I, I, you don't have any friends, you know, or anyone Dude. to support you. I need to see if there are any married I'm sorry, forever I don't want to come alone. Off as mean, you know. I kind of want to go a level deeper of married forever alone, <laughs> or you know, unhappily married forever the subreddit. Alone. Yeah, together but alone. <laughs> no, no. Um, Hopefully, Cheney can't hear. What's your where? Where do you spend most of your social media, digital, I social know, media, Twitter, time? whatever, Instagram, describe some discords with friends, group chats, Discord. It's just so hard to keep up with. Yeah. Like you go away for a day. Mm. Three if days. You're in an active one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean it's like not yeah. meant for not meant for conversation. But um okay, well we will jump into these yeah. uh voicemails right now. Thank you for sharing that about your life and that's interesting. The things that I mean that's so I think that's so in line with how we are as humans is mm -hmm. you, you you jump into this structured like education system. Mm-hmm. But then what you're passionate about is going to silently subconsciously drive uh, what, what you pursue, mm -hmm. at least as a side hobby. It's going to come out. You live long enough, 33, you're going to pick up. Yeah, it's almost like, again. I mean, said another way, it almost is like the system squishes the weird out of you, the things that you might be like innately kind of childlike passionate about or curious about. And then, and then you come back to it years later and now, you know, you're, you're, you're 30 and you're like, oh wait, like those days spent talking about the things that I talked about on forums when I was 12, I actually still care about, even though I haven't thought about them for 10 years or something. Jung thought that at 30 is when you individuated, mm. meaning that you, uh, you learned how to best serve the community mm -hmm. by individualizing yourself, but to be more valuable, not to go off as like a hermit, mm. but you realize, okay, this is the path where I can be most useful. And leading up to that, you just, we're all just wired to figure out how to belong, how to belong, how to belong. 27, 28, 29. It's kind of a, a journey of, okay, how do I individuate? Mm. And the byproduct is you end up belonging much more because you end up doing your weird thing. Mm. And the, the, That's community, beautiful. the wow. community values No, that makes it. a lot of sense. I'm ready next year, my individuation year then. Let's go. Currently, I'm all about the collective fitting in. You still, are. So. I'm a yeah. lemming. Dude, I think you're doing you're doing that well. You are fitting in really well. Now you've always gone against the grain. All right, let's jump in. You want to okay. jump into this first Please. question? Question, question. All right. Hit us. Hey, this is Josh. Love the podcast. Um, got a question for you. How do you think about diet and uh, foods to eat to be the most productive and in flow? Thanks a lot. Mm. All right. Good question, Josh. Great question. Yeah. Do you think about diet and food or you I start do. This is something that you start thinking about when you, you know, when you get older, which, you know, you never think about it. Yeah, I, I definitely do. 
I actually think about you quite often when it comes to food because I now have returned to in my later 20s eating a, a shit ton of cereal. I eat cereal like every day now and I stop for like 10 years. And every time I do it, I think of you because I remember five years ago you were like, dude, I'm eating cereal all the time. And I was like, that sounds great. And now I do it and it saves me time. I feel great. So cheap. Yeah, I, it's cheap. I, yeah, Cheney. Cheney was gone for a weekend two years ago. And I, we had our, our daughter and I was just, you know, chilling the whole weekend. And I went through two boxes mm. of cereal. Mm. That's not even in that much. Days. In yeah. two days. In two days. Okay, okay. That That's is a lot. lot. That is a lot. Checks. Yeah. The Chinese is your that's your cereal of choice? I okay. at that time. I okay. needed it uh I should have checked myself. Do you have a I, <laughs> I like because that. I accidentally wrecked myself. I mean it's just <laughs> that's so much uh so many carbs, so much sugar hitting the system. Yeah. It's crash mm. all day. But it was the weekend and so mm. it was just so convenient. And I was making totally separate meals for you know, cereal doesn't work communally, but no. when you're solo, cereal is way better than cooking a meal. It's incredible. But it's, it's surprising how refreshing it can be. Like my girlfriend will be over and and I'll be like, do you want some cereal? And normally she would never do that. But then we both have a bowl of cereal and we're like, we feel great. Well, <laughs> really? For you yeah. know, two hours later? I feel what kind of What kind of cereal? Honey Nut Cheerios. Really? Dude. Yeah. A lot of sugar, a lot of carbs. Yeah. But the, so I, Josh, um, I think his name is Josh. Josh. Yes. Josh. Great question. Um, the thing that I think about with productivity and mm-hmm. diet more than anything mm-hmm. else, and you and I've chatted about this before, mm-hmm. it actually probably is one, it, it's one pro tip that I, I give to everyone. Listeners may have heard me talk about this, but it's, it actually has to do with alcohol consumption before bed. Uh, the latest research shows that for a male Two drinks before bed will decrease your sleep quality by 20%, over 20%. Mm -hmm. Three servings of alcohol before bed Mm -hmm. will decrease your sleep quality by 39%, 40%. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. That's that's like thinking you got eight hours of Mm. sleep, you only got five. Or Mm -hmm. thinking you got six and you got three and a half. Right, right. Yeah. And then being like, wait, but why do I feel I went to bed at you know two and or midnight, mm-hmm. eleven, mm-hmm. woke up at seven, I got eight hours, but why do I feel like shit? Right. And oh, uh, it's very relatable. It's terrible for you. So, Josh, that would be the the biggest thing. And once I learned the the actual the quantification of the cost of my sleep, I try not to have any alcohol right before bed. You know. Just so if you're going out at dinner at seven mm-hmm. and you know you're going to be in bed around 10 or 11. So you just got to drink at one, two PM. Yeah, exactly. Is that what you end up doing? Right. Like at I mean, ideally two 30. That's right. Cool. Yeah. If you go into dinner, arrive drunk so that you can <laughs> sleep, sleep well. So that how, would be, that would be my answer. How Anything? many drinks do you have uh, a week? Do you do you, a, a month? Are you done? You're just no. Yeah. I don't really drink. Fully not. When was the last time you had? A drink? I'll hit the gummies and the vape. Okay, which is I think. Can you THC. say that on podcast? Okay, okay, okay. It's California. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> if we're breaking the law right now, <laughs> makes me feel even better about saying that. 
Arrest me. <laughs> arrest me right now. I don't know. We can arrest you for being so boring. Are you, you trying don't drink to citizens anymore. arrest me right now? You don't now? drink. Yeah, I mean. Uh, the Yes, I don't really drink. Healthy. Healthy but boring. The, the James I told story. you I I love a good gummy. Yeah. And I love a good yeah, date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a gummy in a movie is great. Yeah. So great. That's a good evening. Or, or it's different. It's different from like, you know, a martini. Or, man. It's going, a different thing. Going to the comedy store. Yeah. On a gummy. On a gummy. I feel like Come it might on. freak me out a little bit. What? Yeah. But I Wait, should we try did, it. We did it like three, I didn't, three I didn't have ago. a gummy. Oh, but I, ne- I will next time. I was the only one that did Yeah, yeah. Well, I had a great time. <laughs> the, I, I think, so alcohol is a side note. It's the cheapest drug to make. It's not a good yeah, drug. That makes it's just, sense. Yeah. You can make it anywhere. Take rice. You take wheat. You take grapes. You can ferment anything. Yeah, ferment you, anything. You can yeah, make yeah, it yeah, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's super cheap. That's yeah. why culturally Everyone, it's it's so ubiquitous. Yeah. It's not because it's the best drug. Of it's course. just so <laughs> damn cheap. I don't um, think anyone's ever said that. Alcohol is the best drug. No one's ever said that. You know, a lot of people think, mm. oh, it's Friday night. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm going to have a few beers. Mm-hmm. For the exact reason that you just said, they do think like, "Oh, that's right, the best drug." Yeah, yeah, right yeah. for Friday at five, and I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. THC. You used to much, be like a, a big advocate of the two beer buzz. Oh God, that that is and that is the best buzz <laughs> for beer. You describe for beer for before a, for your listeners here what what the two beer buzz is. Yeah, the two beer buzz is the dragon you end up chasing all weekend, and it's Friday at. 5 p.m. Wink. 2 p.m. No. When I used to drink uh, more in my 20s, the best beer buzz. This is before weed was legal. And I didn't really go to weed till like, I was like probably 30. But the, uh, before it was legal and everybody was just drinking in Cali, it was uh, five, in 15 minutes, if you chug two beers on a Friday, it's the, it's going to be your best buzz over the next like, hour two hours that you'll have all weekend and he's, he's on to something and have you he is on have you cro- do you corroborate that i corroborate that yeah it's a great oh buzz God. right great buzz dude you're kind of making me rethink <laughs> this whole no drinking thing because that is my mission note. here is to make james less boring that's why i'm that's why yeah. i'm here he actually asked me to come here and do that yeah intervention <laughs> me Hey, dude, I need a friend intervention. Come over. All right, so that, Josh, hopefully answers your question. When it comes Thank to you, diet, Josh. Um, there's so, I mean, you could read 30 books and find 30 different things from whole foods to fasting. And those All might of your be, things are, are, are drink-related. What's your food tip? I mean, I I enjoy fasting in the morning. Okay. it's It also just gets rid of something that you need to do. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, great for inflammation. It's great for... Um, it's great for energy mm-hmm. focus. The and then eating protein for lunch, mm-hmm. heavily protein lunch, mm-hmm. so that it doesn't kill your energy. And then eating uh, carbs at night because mm-hmm. it will, you'll crash. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's at night, so it's you're you're aligning your diet to uh, your twenty four hour energy cycle. So that would be my advice on food. But it's still Didn't not really gonna... hear one main uh, and attribute. Ob- well, obviously. Magic Mind in the morning is probably the anchor. You can have up to 50 calories without breaking your fast mm. in the morning. Magic Mind's at 15 calories. So obviously... It doesn't break Mind. the fast. Nope. And it's the anchor to my morning for sure. This episode is brought to you by a little sipper 
called Magic Mind. Ever wake up in the morning wondering, what am I doing with my life? Well, what you probably aren't doing is sipping on them Magic Minds. Magic Mind is a two-ounce shot, matcha, nootropics, adaptogens, functional mushrooms, everything in a morning ritual drink that you've ever wanted. You take it alongside your morning coffee or tea, and you get seven hours of creative, productive flow. It has 12 magical ingredients that all combine for everything you'd want in a shot. Energy, cognition, de-stressing, immunity support, everything in this two-ounce beautiful shot that tastes delicioso. So go check it out, magicmind.co. Enter promo code BTL. That's BTL for below the line for 20% off. Magicmind.co. Go check it out and get them sippers. And now I want to tell you about our friends at AppSumo. AppSumo is the number one digital marketplace for entrepreneurs, and they are running a huge giveaway right now, a million-dollar Black Friday giveaway. Get your name in front of one million entrepreneurs, founders, affiliate marketers, and small businesses. Sell your software, ebook, PDF, template library, online course, your plugin, extension, even event tickets. And you can do that during this pretty killer giveaway. They're giving away their entire $1 million Black Friday marketing budget. Instead of paying for promotion elsewhere, they're going to give it to you all, the creators, the entrepreneurs on AppSumo. List your product on AppSumo between September 15th and November 17th. So between September 15th and November 17th, the first 400 to go live get $1,000. The next 2,000 to list a product, course, extension, anything you want to sell, will get $250. And everyone who lists during that time gets entered to be one of 10 lucky winners of 10K. So they're giving away a lot to the entrepreneurs that use AppSumo and not spending it on a marketing campaign, go to appsumo.com slash BFF. That's A-P-P-Sumo, S-U-M-O.com slash BFF for Black Friday Fund. Go check them out. Okay, next question. Hey, James. Big fan of the podcast here, and I have a question for you. How does a first-time founder get that first investor to say yes and write a check? That is a great question. What a life milestone. And I spent nine months trying to get the first investor to really? say yes in my first thing. Yeah. Wow. You have the option to bootstrap, but go a little bit slower. Okay. Second part of the question. Is it better to bootstrap slowly or to raise capital and go quickly? Oh, okay. Okay. A little bit of false dichotomy there. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Di- Dive. Let's start with the, uh, the, f- how do you get the first investor to say yes? And then, yeah, let's jump into, do you bootstrap? Or okay. Do you, uh, well, I want to hear the story. Nine months it took you to get your yeah. first investor to say yes. Nine months. That's shocking because you're a charismatic dude. I was, uh, and it works if the audience is looking to mm-hmm. make startup investments. I was mm-hmm. in Dallas, Texas mm-hmm. going to, I still have PTSD when I go into Starbucks. <laughs> of just a Starbucks conversation. PTSD. Dude, cause I would go into these <laughs> Starbucks meetings with these people all around Texas. Really. I would drive down to Austin too. And we'd just meet at a Starbucks, go get a coffee and mm. tell me about what you, you know, your startup. Okay, great. Let's mm-hmm. grab a coffee and talk about it. Mm-hmm. I was literally meeting with like people that worked at banks. Yeah. Uh, dad's friends that had worked at technology companies, mm. people that, they they were not writing checks for startups. Yeah. 
And I was just, I had no idea that your message also needs mm. to, uh, needs to incorporate the right audience for that message. Yeah. Nine months before an investor had said yes, verbally, maybe four or five months in, mm -hmm. but then it was another four months. This of is him for tilt. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah, for yeah. tilt. And it was like another four months before they, before he actually wrote the check. So it was like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, but I'd love to see this in mm -hmm. this four months. I thought it was like, always just yeah. right around the corner and yeah, yeah. being stretched out four months. But the, the first check though was really my mom and dad. Okay. Uh, so that didn't take nine months. That didn't take nine months. <laughs> that, well, it took was, nine months back. Yeah. In the that's day. right. Back in the day that that was the, my first question when I came nine out months. of the womb was I've got an idea. The, um, but outside of friends and family, and that's what I would start with on this answer mm -hmm. for, uh, caller, great question. How do you get your first investor to say yes? My, I'm interested in your answer. Yeah. Mine, mine would circle around, go after the people that know you best, mm -hmm. where you've already invested, you've you've proven out that you're reliable, mm -hmm. and you have built up trust with, even if it's a network of two or three people, you've built up trust, and uh, and hopefully you've invested in that relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it, for many people, it is friends and family. Mm -hmm. You invest in that relationship. For my parents, it was 22 years of doing things decently, okay, not you know going way out of the, you know, coloring way out of the lines and, and doing, being irresponsible. So then when I asked them for a check for an investment idea, they were, they were open to it. Makes okay. sense. What would you say? I agree. I, I, well, I, what I would say is, one, do you need a first investor? You know, I think is an interesting question. If you're looking for one, then okay, sure, we could we could talk about that. But it's also like, you know, could you start your business without having a first investor? Could you start your business with a little bit of money you might have saved up and um or um and something like or something like that? And maybe you don't have anything saved up. Um, but um, try to find a first investor. I do, you know, some people don't have the friends and family necessarily that maybe could write them a check. But I do think that that close relationship thing makes ultimately the most sense. So like, uh a professor in college, someone that you worked for, a former boss, whatever, like whoever you can sort of call in to say, Hey, you know, me, you know, you, you trust me. Hopefully we have some shared experience. Like I'm going to go take on this big hairy problem and please back me. I think that is the first best place to do it. Shit's changing though, because it seems like now even just being like, someone like just if you want someone to be an investor you could also just bug them on twitter until they're impressed with you enough to invest in you right like things are they, people are just meeting in very different ways it's not necessarily oh that was my econ professor in college it's like that that's that's a dude that i just harassed on twitter for six months and that he decided yeah. to write me a check pleasantly uh, yeah uh persistently yeah harassed and and just kept that's like seems like that's people. happening more yeah. well and and the yeah, there's there's the only generic startup advice is that there is no generic startup advice. Mm -hmm. So uh, to your point, it's going to be so hard to give advice on on where to find your and and how to get first investors say mm -hmm. yes. But I think the to the spirit of the question, it sounds like, and I've been there where you think it is about getting an investor to say yes off of a few emails mm -hmm. off of a coffee yeah and the truth is that 
the fundraise should happen 90% before you ever start that email thread or that coffee around trying to get them to write a check. Yeah. Meaning that 90% of that fundraise is six months before you're letting them know, hey, I'm not asking for anything from you, but I just love what you've done with XYZ and yeah, I'd love yeah, to yeah. keep you in the loop on what I'm building. Right. And you build a relationship. Right. And whether that is with your parents and you, you know, you do decently well and the other things that they ask, mm-hmm. you built in that trust, mm-hmm. that relationship to then make a big ask, or it is uh, that professor, mm-hmm. or it is the person you're harassing on Twitter. Just try to invest, and it's the the equation, in my opinion, is 90% of the equation is mm-hmm. that investment in that relationship way before you have an ask. So 100%. Same for mentorship. Yeah. Just people that, that ask, like, how do you find a great mentor? Be useful to that person yeah. for six months. Yep. Find what it's so easy to find what people are working on, what Mm -hmm. they care about these days, Mm -hmm. useful to them for six months, Mm -hmm. then try to find uh, a way that they could help you. Yes. But yeah, no, there's a, there's a lesson in that, right? I I can't remember if you told me this or if I read this somewhere, it's like, ask for advice, not what you actually want. Don't, don't, don't email someone being like, Hey, will you invest in my company? Email someone being like, Hey, I, I want some advice on this company that I'm thinking of starting. And then the investment thing will naturally come up in the conversation or you ask a little bit later, but ask for the advice. It's always just such a better look than being like, I need some money. That's right. I think it's, it was, was it Jay-Z that said, uh, don't ask for money, ask for advice, ask for advice, get money twice. Okay. So there you go. Have not heard that Jay-Z song. You might've made that up. Jake, will you uh, look that up to see? I might, it might be wrong on Jay-Z saying that. Just look up Get Money Twice lyric. All right. Uh, oh, and then the second part, bootstrap or go slower? Oh, okay. Good question here. We uh, have a couple raise of, capital or go yeah, slower? Bootstrap or raise venture capital? You mentioned false dichotomy. False dichotomy because he said, do you want to bootstrap and grow slowly or raise venture capital and grow fast? And you've done both. I've done both. I, you, I'm, and you've done both, sort of. You're doing with, with, with Magic Mind. And, you know, because I, I, you could also phrase that question, do you want to bootstrap and keep your company alive or raise venture capital and have your company flame out? So, like, there's, there's several ways to, to frame that. Um, I don't know. I think that, like, you know, you should, you should ideally, having been a part of several, like, venture-backed startups and now working on a more bootstrapped set of companies, um, you should ideally bootstrap to the point where, you have belief that if you were to take on some amount of venture capital, that you could actually build it into something successful. I think that like a lot of people don't really realize the game that they're entering of raising venture capital without a proven product, business model, et cetera. And the chance the odds are just frankly against you. Oh, right? And that's yeah. why it yeah. also took me nine months. I was yeah. trying to raise capital to then get started mm-hmm. instead of getting started. Right. And de-risking it for every conversation I was having and have all these proof points. Right. Yeah, I think it is a that is a great. I wasn't gonna go there, but I think if that is a false dichotomy, and and again, this spirit of the question, going slower, going faster. The the implication is that going faster is better for the business, mm-hmm. but capital is money is like jugs of fuel mm-hmm. outside your office mm-hmm. or outside of your vehicle, mm-hmm. and if you have a shitty car that gets. 0.2 miles to the gallon. It's actually it's a terrible sequence to go out and get a hundred gallons of gas. Yeah. And so I think you zoom out and 
capital is neither good nor bad. I've raised 70 million, flamed out. I've raised nothing and with, uh, with Magic Miner, relatively nothing and uh, outside of a few friends. And it is the most peaceful, blissful right. way of building a company. You've also done both. Yeah. It, is, it, it just, I guess the, the thought that's coming to mind is it is neither good nor bad and you can grow the wrong thing or, you know, go really far on an engine and car that's really shitty where those nine months of struggling could really refine 12 months, the 12 months of nights and weekends of refining building. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, could have really refined the vehicle before you ever capitalized it. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I mean, and, and ideally, if you can get your business to a point where it is profitable, uh, then it, it, just by bootstrapping it, then you're kind of operating from just a place of strength where you have an option of taking venture money, uh, but it's not a requirement for you to like literally stay alive. <laughs> well, then, yeah, that's the, the, the cost of venture capital isn't just like input, output, you grow faster. Yeah. The input, it might be capital. The output is you have to grow faster. Right. The yeah. expectations have shifted. I will probably never raise institutional venture capital. Wow, big statement uh, here on the pod. Okay, I should never say never, but <laughs> I will probably Fast forward five never years do from it. now, James raises $100 million to start a city. Well, the uh, for a city, maybe. But for <laughs> a company, the... It is, uh, it's so costly on the expectation setting, mm-hmm. the external internal psychology of the team. It's, it's really costly, uh, the, to raise capital. So for, um, there's no name here for the listener that asked the question. Mm. It is, uh, there's, there's a lot of great wisdom online to l- just look up the downsides of, uh, sides of raising venture capital and, you and I both having done it and not done it. I have no desire to want to go to mm. it. Yes. Yeah. I would agree with that. There's different levels, you know, just to, just to kind of hedge it a little bit in that you could, if you need a little bit of money to get something off the ground, you could raise from friends and family, angel investors, people that have maybe more of an expectation of like longer term investment and returns, et cetera, as opposed to venture capitalists who are institutional funds that are money managers, inv- money managers aiming investing for a- other people's money. Right. So if, if it's someone that's going to write you a $50,000 check to go and pursue a dream and they're going to support you and be in there for the long haul, not necessarily a bad thing at all. Um, that could totally fit within your sort of bootstrap vision of the company. But uh, as soon as you start taking big checks from money managers, it's just a different, you enter a, a different game. And it is a, uh, yeah, the, and this, uh, I think the last capstone would be what is best for your customers and a very simple, simple as they say, MVP, minimum viable product, a very simple solution to a problem you're trying to solve mm-hmm. for those customers. And then everything can ladder up to, okay, what is best for these customers? And if you don't know who those customers are, if you don't have a great solution for them yet, if you don't even know which space to build in, mm-hmm. um, yeah, capital can be a mistake versus doing these things to not only learn those uh, those aspects, uh, but also It'll make the fundraise much easier if you decide to do it. Okay, next question. Hey, James, this is Elizabeth. I love the podcast. Question for you. As an investor, if you could make only one $1 million investment in any space or any company right now, which would it be? Thanks. Oh, Elizabeth, thank you for the question. Wow. Interesting. Magic mind. Not the company, the bottles. 
I would probably purchase a million dollars. <laughs> invest in my I just own put product. it in my garage. Dude, we do sell out. <laughs> um, yeah, just for my own productivity. Okay, what would what's you your do? answer? You could put, no, what's yours? You could put You're a million, make me go first? Okay. A million dollars into, mm. sounds like anything. Any investment anything. or any space. Okay, any space too. So it could be a sector. Okay. I don't yeah. know. I'm not going to go with some weird like techie contrarian answer about like I'm going to buy water or something you know um i'll i i would probably it's kind of boring i would probably just invest in in a couple of maybe even one but a small handful of like incredible tech public technology companies or you near can, public you can only do companies. one one company yeah so uh, you would invest in tech it sounds like it yeah, would yeah I, would space, invest, I would invest in, in, in tech stocks that have a chance to like grow by five or ten x or whatever long term so ones that i maybe these are a little higher value now so it makes a little bit less sense but ones that i would have done six months ago a year ago uh like shopify square um you know stripe i'm naming only fintech companies but like you know matterport is one that um uh that is a fantastic company that recently ipo'd uh like just just incredible technology-based companies that have the chance uh, not just have the chance are likely to 2x 5x 10x over the coming years as opposed to like a you know an, uh, an index fund, you know, weighted by, uh, you know, market cap, um, a Vanguard index fund, which will grow is probably a very safe and a very smart investment, but just is not, it's not going to grow, um, you know, quite as fast as some of these individual tech stocks. And then I'm, I, w I wouldn't answer, you know, obviously I'm a big crypto person, but if I was going to put a million dollars in one thing, um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, uh, I, I would, I just, I probably frankly wouldn't do it all in, in like one coin. It's interesting because probably like two years ago, I would have said Bitcoin, but like the last year in what's happening in, in Web3 and crypto, um, I'm almost like, should I be s switching virtually all my Bitcoin to Ethereum? Not, I've already done a solid amount of that, but like, should I be doing even more? I almost did that this yeah. morning. Oh, wow. wow. Big Moved decisions happening. And yeah, and which is wild because, you know, we got into Bitcoin in 2013 or whatever it was. And like that, like if I was, a, I was a Bitcoin maximalist for the longest time. And now it's like, wait a second. The proven use cases are there for Ethereum now, not Bitcoin. Yeah. Bitcoin, I guess, the store of value use case, but like DeFi, NFTs, et cetera. Like Ethereum right. seems like a smarter bet in terms of growth over a five, 10 plus year time frame. But you would go with FinTech. Okay, which company? Yeah. You have to pick I one. I got to pick one. Um, I mean, can I do a non-public company? Stripe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Really? At, already at 100 bill. 96 billion. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Valuation. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, but I, I probably would because I, I ultimately I'm not, I'm not going for the hundred X I'm going for like the reliable five yeah. X. That's true. <laughs> that's actually a yeah. great point. Cause and expected there, value wise, it's a better bet. And a reliable five X. Yeah. That's insane. You know, if you can exactly. get a five X and feel like it's reliable. And I believe that's like a no brainer for what they're doing. So yeah. If I had a million dollars, I could put it in any, and I, I hear you on you're not going super uh, mm -hmm. risky and you're not going super safe. Mm -hmm. That's a good that's a good answer. I would put mine if I so I also wouldn't go super risky. Mm -hmm. Um like I wouldn't go with one man, I maybe I would go with a portfolio company. But okay, to be fair with all portfolio <laughs> companies, I won't say a portfolio company. The and I definitely wouldn't go super safe, uh, especially with inflation on the rise. 
I would probably, part of me would go for a company like Airbnb mm-hmm. where I feel like this thing is just yeah. so difficult to compete with. And would be on is, my list too, for sure. Is, is in, in the future. And if Salesforce has grown, I think 20, 20%, Jake, fact check this, 20% month or, or year over year for 20 years. Um, Jesus. And, and I think Airbnb can do something really similar mm-hmm. to that. Uh, but um, for listeners, I I worked there for two years, so I know the company really well, and I still would say that biased answer here. Yeah, biased, or I know all of the, <laughs> you know, all of the the issues, but I still would do it. The one company um, would it be Airbnb? or anything, right? I know yeah, you're, you're an advocate of all sorts of stuff. Oh, it'd be a city. That's what it would be. Oh. It started sitting. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the, I actually, okay, so I actually would probably put it, I think I would put it in. Let me just clarify to everyone listening Ethereum. that this is James's job. He does this for a living. He I do. Well, to put millions of dollars. That's true. And I, and I think <laughs> I might. Uh, Ethereum. Put it in Ethereum. I mean. And that was it's this morning, bet. no joke. Yeah. Before listening to this question, this morning I was trying to do it. Yeah. Um, in between meetings. Yeah. No, it's, uh, a, good, it's, a, on it's my, a great bet. On my it's phone. A, it's an incredible thing. It, I'm close to saying that, but I think when, I, when I'm when i asked a question like that, I'm always thinking like expected value. It's like there's the, you know, 20% chance or a 10% chance of it going 50X or something like that versus the 90% chance of something going 5X. You know, right. there's, there's, if you do the math on that, um, not that specifically what I just said, but it, expected value wise, it still feels risky to me for that to be my one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's such a, it's obviously Elizabeth never operate that way. Or, and I'm sure you're not. It's just the uh, spirit of the question mm-hmm. being, where would you focus energies? Yeah. Terrible way to invest. Um, <laughs> the opposite of portfolio theory, but that is a great question in it on. Um, Ajay, thank you so much for coming. Is that all by, we got? Okay. We, I, we got one more, but okay. we, we because of time, of time, we're going to have right. to save it for the next episode. We'll save or maybe this one. is going to be so terrible that this is our last episode. <laughs> this is the last episode, not just of us doing this, but of Below, Below the line, line, period. Period. In yeah. it on a bang. Yeah. Dude, we're going to make so much I'm happy to be eat. here. Oh, who cares? <laughs> who <Happy> cares? To- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> happy to be here just to blow up the podcast. Sorry, listeners. Um, James went bankrupt after this episode. Yeah. He's going to do too much. All right, buddy. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Looking forward to the next one. Absolutely.